This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior God. I'm Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor and Mario. Today I'm taking a break, guys. I'm out. This topic has nothing to do with me, so I will be taking the day off. Um, we're talking about how to be a man, so... But no, I'm just kidding. Um, what have you always heard, like, growing up or... You know, I'm interested to hear what have you heard? What does it mean to be a man? Yeah, I mean, certainly our culture sure has a lot to say about this, right? There's certainly a lot of narratives out there that would speak to what you need to do or how you need to be in order to, quote unquote, be a man. But first, Elizabeth, I just want to beg you not to leave us, all right? <laughs> we need you here. And uh, and for any any women out there, any women warriors, I think two reasons why this, this podcast is relevant and important for you. Number one, maybe you are considering... Marriage. Maybe you are looking at dating and marrying a dude. And if you are in that sphere, if that describes you, consider this like the standard that you should hold them to. Consider this the bar that you should set. We obviously are going to speak from a Christian perspective, a biblical perspective. And so we think that that God's best for your life is for you to marry a a God-loving, God-fearing man. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And so I think you need to know that standard. And two, maybe if you are married or if you have friends that are men or if you work with men, men, maybe you can encourage them to live out some of these things that we're going to talk about a bit better. So we need you. All right. Don't all leave right. us, friend. You've convinced me to stay. Good. But, <laughs> but Mario, I'm, I'm, I want to ask you, what have you always heard growing up, being in the military, maybe from your parents or from the world? What does it mean to be a man? Well, I definitely grew up hearing my dad saying that I, I had to be tough. I think my dad was always tough. He had been through a lot and he didn't have a parent figure. So I think that just made him tough. And consequently, he taught me how to be tough and I couldn't even show my feelings most of the time. And I grew up with that stigma that we couldn't cry or we couldn't talk about our feelings or we weren't even allowed to have feelings sometimes. It's pretty much like that in the military as well. We are built to be tough, to not talk back and we can't really say or speak our minds or we're just allowed to ignore feelings. Hmm. It's it's so interesting that we keep coming back to feelings and talking about emotions. But right, that's yeah. that's something that I think we will just circle back a lot yeah. in this episode. I just have a feeling. You have a feeling. <laughs> you have a feeling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all have them, right? We all have emotions and feelings, but maybe perhaps men in particular have such a hard time expressing them, hmm. and that causes so many of the problems that we face in our in our at least in our interpersonal relationships, but also just in our own lives. Yeah. Well, what about you, Connor? You're the son of a police officer, and you're also you've also spent time in the military. What have you seen maybe being thrown in your face about what it means to be a man? Yeah, I mean, definitely my experiences in the military are very similar to what you described, Mario. You know, just from the moment that you arrive at basic training or whatever kind of your entry level training is in the military it's just screaming at you non-stop right beating you down and you just got to take it that's right <laughs> you mm-hmm. got no other choice you just got to take it you got to stuff down those emotions stuff down those feelings and just suck it up and get after it that's the only option there's literally not another option but definitely within that military culture there seems to be a an overemphasis on being tough and being strong and being able to handle anything that's thrown your way and there's some benefit to that. But growing up for me, as uh, my dad was a police officer, my dad was my hero growing up and still is, still is. You know, I, I grew up looking up to him and thinking that he was this this hero, you know, this indestructible police officer. That's what I that's what I believed. And uh, I wanted to follow in his footsteps. So I think I think for me early on, being a man meant being a hero because that's how I viewed my dad. 
And, you know, I can even think back on my favorite movies growing up. And even now I still enjoy movies like Troy and 300 and Braveheart and Lone Survivor, American Sniper, stuff that that idolizes men as heroes. And so I think that influenced my understanding of of what it meant to be a man growing up. So what about scripture, though? I mean, I don't think it's maybe necessarily a bad thing to be a strong man. We're not saying that that's inherently bad, but I'm wondering what does scripture say that godly manhood is? Yeah, we're, let's find out. Let's yeah. find out. So right at the beginning of the Bible, the very first book, Genesis, describes the creation. And so I think in that creation narrative, we see God's intention or God's heart, his desire in creating things. So let's let's take a look at God creating man and see God's intention or desire or design for what a man should be. All right. This is Genesis 2, 15 through 18. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So kind of a short passage there. And Mm -hmm. at first glance, you might be like, uh, I missed it. (laughs) Yeah. Like did God make man to be a gardener, right? What do we, yeah, what do we got? And there's some theological truth to that, right? To taking care of and and gardening and, and watching over, and, and we're going to get into that. But I think that there are two primary points that we see in this passage that speak to you, warrior, to inform us as to what it means to be a man, what it, what it means for you to be a godly man. So the first point comes from the very first verse that you read there in verse 15, where it says that God created man to work and watch over the garden. And so the very first point as to what it means to be a man is to work hard, Hmm. to work hard. That's awesome. I think we can always relate to that because even though sometimes we're just sitting on the couch, we like to brag saying that, oh, I worked so hard. We always try to prove that we're men because we work hard. But the real essence of that is that we are here to serve. I think we could add the word serve as a job description, (laughs) maybe. Yeah, well, let me give you a a gold star, Mario. I'm sure that you were not aware of this, but uh, Hebrew scholars would actually, some of them would actually translate where it says in verse 15 here, work it and take care of it. Some scholars would translate that as serve and guard. Hmm. So you're actually spot on, man. And I think that that's actually true. I think that's actually more accurate because it refers to, I think, the priestly call the priestly duty that Adam had in the garden, which relates to some of the the Levite commands that we see in numbers, but that's a theological wormhole for another day. (laughs) But uh, the point I think you're spot on meant to serve, to guard, to watch over is a huge part of what God is calling the man to do here. Amen. Uh, I think when we decide to actually practice that service for the glory of God, we actually start experiencing flourishing. We do. And, and I'm glad that you brought up flourishing because I think that that's an integral part of what's happening here. So if you were to say to a warrior, right, hey, in order for you to be a man, you need to work hard. Most warriors would say, too easy. Got that. Got like, that. Yeah. Easy. Check. Serve my, yeah, check. Too easy. 10-4. I serve my country. I serve my community as a first responder. Absolutely, I work hard. But if you, if you listen to what Mario just said, and if you, if you consider the command here from Scripture, if you consider the invitation of God to be a man, there's a huge element to facilitating flourishing, to keeping, to gardening, and guarding and watching over. And so while many of us would say, yeah, absolutely, I work hard. Okay, well, how, 
How much effort are you putting into the watching over, the serving, the facilitating flourishing of your home? How much, how much effort are you putting in with your relationship with your wife or with your kids or with your spouse? Like, what does that look like for you? Are you taking seriously this invitation to work hard in the home, to serve your spouse, to serve your family and to facilitate their flourishing? Okay, so let me ask you this question. What would it actually look like, though, for a man, practically speaking, for a man to serve his wife or his children or in the home? What would be some examples of how to do that? It's very simple. What, what it is is this. Get off the couch. <laughs> Get off the couch. That's so right. take initiative. I think that is the call on Adam's life. And that's actually where he's going to fail. Right. Mm. If you're familiar with the biblical story, which if you're familiar with Warrior Podcast, you should be. Yeah. Shout out to the Triune God series. Come on. We story of the about Bible that. series. Yeah, story we of the Bible. about all this. Shout out to the story of the Bible series. Hey, that we'll we shout out the Trinity hey. series too. Come on. <laughs> we're not, we're not selfish here. You can listen to all our stuff. Um, but if you just turn the page, we're going to see where Adam fails. We're going to see that Adam actually refuses to guard the garden. He lets Satan enter the garden and tempt his wife and corrupt the entire cosmos by introducing sin into our world. So this is like the pitfall of men is laziness and passivity and refusing to take initiative, refusing to guard, refusing to watch over, refusing to serve and protect and facilitate the flourishing of their families, of their homes. Like that's what Adam failed to do. So I think to your question, I'm ranting a bit, but to your question, what does this look like? It looks like getting off the couch, helping your wife, helping her with the dishes, taking over the bedtime routine with the kids so that she can get a break, serving and wringing yourself out for the glory of God in order to, again, facilitate the flourishing of your home. I think it's easier for men to say that we like to be served, but it's tough for men to serve. Yeah, because I think, I think you're spot on, man. I think that like even in, in our little subculture here in Texas, right? What does it mean to be a man? Well, to work hard, to get a big house for your family and to drive a big truck. Right. <laughs> that's, seriously, right? that's like, true that's work true work hard provide oh, for your family give them a big house yeah. in the suburbs and drive a big truck yep. and then you're a man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it's like well why would i want to wash the dishes that's i'm not doing that that's not my job i put right. a roof over your head i already worked so hard that yeah, like i, I worked already- hard all day i provided all this for you i don't need to do that you put the kids to bed or like just that prideful attitude and so i think that we do need to reject that false cultural narrative as we look to Christ, as we look to scripture to inform us as to what it means to be a man. And it means to serve. It means to serve. It means to lay down your preferences for the glory of God and for the good of your family. Amen. Yeah. And I think too, like, I don't know, for example, if, if you're not really sure where to start, like, I, I think some, maybe sometimes it's hard for men to naturally navigate things in the house that need to be done. Oh, um, that's true. And, and <laughs> even when we do, the wives usually say that we don't do it right. Yeah. So, so I mean, we need to have some grace with, with you guys too, because that's, that's just not what you're naturally like inclined to go for, I think. But I think if you're not sure where to start or if you're not sure where to help your wife or your kids, maybe just ask, maybe just saying, hey, what can I do to make your life easier? And I think that's a great way to start, you know? You heard it here first, boys. <laughs> just ask. Just ask. No, I think you're, you're spot on. How can I help you? How can I serve you? I think that's the perfect place to start. I don't know about you, Connor, but I think sometimes it's tough and hard for us men to ask for help or in this case, offer help because we don't like to ask for help ourselves. So it's kind of like a hard question like to ask my wife, hey, what needs to be done in the house today? How can I help you? 
Yeah, man, it's it's our pride, right? I think it's our pride that that would prevent us from anything in that help kind of atmosphere. But I think it's also the passivity. It's also the laziness that we struggle with to not be willing to go the extra mile and to simply ask, you know, just to sit back and assume, eh, she's probably got it under control, right? Instead of getting up and asking and trying to initiate. So I think I think that's a huge part of what it looks like to be a man biblically is to initiate is to initiate and to reject passivity at all costs. And second to another thing is I want to point out going back to what you were, you were talking about the the subject of help. So I want to read verse 18 again, okay. and then we can kind of transition into the next point about being a godly man. Verse 18 says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And just, just to keep everything clear, the helper that God was creating was woman. Correct. So this is, yeah, this, that's a very important point. And this transitions perfectly into our second point of what it means to be a man. Biblically, what it means to be a man is to ask for help. How what? countercultural is that? Oh, I mean, it's, it's like the man's always the one who never wants to ask for directions or ask for anything. Absolutely. Seriously. No, that is like our biggest struggle. But let me make this point that we were created with this need for help. So the verse that Elizabeth just read, Genesis 2.18, the word there for helper is azer in Hebrew. Now, stay with me now. We're going to do a little Bible lesson. That word azer for helper appears 21 times throughout the Old Testament, okay? 16 of those times that it's used, it's used to describe God. Hmm. That's very interesting. So God is our helper. Correct. God is described as our helper. God is our ever-present help in times of trouble, things like this. When, when that word is used to describe God, we know God's not the one that needs help, right? Mm-hmm. God doesn't need anything. God is, God is our helper. God helps us. He, we, God is not subordinate to us, and he certainly doesn't need us. So for God to be our help, then, means that we are actually the ones in need of help, right? We need God. So in the same way here in Genesis 2:18, man, Adam is the one who actually needs help. That's what the word needs for Adam to need a helper or for God to create a helper fit for Adam is to say, "Hey, this dude needs some help." <laughs> right? <laughs> Seriously, that that somehow mankind, Adam, Adam, man was not able to fulfill the mission that God had created him for. He needed help. So part of what it intrinsically means to be a man is to need help. So why is it so hard to ask for help then? I think Connor answered that question very well. It's pride. (laughs) Pride. Most of the time, we just don't want to show weakness. We just don't want to show that we can't do something. And we we rather struggle a little bit longer Mm -hmm. and not ask for help than ask for help even yeah. if it's going to make it easier for us. Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of our cultural narrative, right? That we have to be self-sufficient, that we have to pick ourselves up from our bootstraps and figure it out. That's the kind of stories that we love and right. that we idolize because that's, that's what we think being a man means. That's true. What kind of man never told the wife, no, I'm not, I'm not lost. I'm just taking a shortcut. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes. The shortcut Every becomes day. a long cut. <laughs> That's right, man. I remember uh, when I was in Connecticut serving at my church there, then one day my pastor asked me just a, just a, a quick run to the grocery store to get some s'more supplies for like a youth event that we were doing. So he told me, you know, just very basic graham crackers, chocolate bars, marshmallows, some sticks. And I said, no, too easy. I'll be back in 10 minutes. The grocery store was right down the street. But obviously I'd never really gone. Maybe it's not obvious, but... 
you know, I'm a big, strong man. I'm an <laughs> army veteran. I don't go grocery shopping. My wife takes care of that. So I was like, no, I'll figure it out. I'll be able to do it. So I go in there and I'm like, all right, found the graham crackers. Check. Found the chocolate bars. Check. Where are the marshmallows? And let me guess, you went straight up to the employee and, and asked, where can I find the marshmallows? Yeah, because I'm just a humble guy. <laughs> Absolutely not. I was so determined. I said, no, I'll figure this out. I know where I'll, I'll find it. So I went to the candy aisle and they weren't there. And then I started to panic a little bit. I'll be honest, panic set in. What should have been a 10 minute trip turned into, I kid you not. I told this to the church as soon as I got back. I was like, guys, I wish I could lie to you. I was in there for 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. In there for 45 wow. minutes searching for these marshmallows. Did you get lost? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of confusing. I got turned around once or twice. It was one of those shortcuts. It was a shortcut. <laughs> it was a shortcut. It was a shortcut. I was just looking for marshmallows, but I couldn't find the marshmallows. So I started picking aisles. I went to the candy aisle, like I said, I went to a different aisle. And then I just really started to panic and I was starting to get self conscious. I was like, man, these people know that I'm lost. Like, you know, these people are going to start to find me and make sure that I get their help because I clearly need it. And I only found them because I was so dumb. I didn't ask for help. I just went systematically through every single aisle. And I, took, I was walking as slow as I could. I was looking at both sides. I probably looked like the biggest fool because I was. Because if I had just asked for help and something as small and silly as that, I would have been in and out of there in five minutes. Like I should have been, right? So there's such this dangerous lie that we believe as men where like, man, if, if, if I can't figure it out, I'll be worthless. Or if I can't figure it out, how am I even a man? When in reality, like if I had just asked for help, it would have been so much better for me. Like I would have been, I would have actually been efficient. I would have been in and out of there. And so often in life as men, like if we would just ask for help, it would be so much better for us. If we're struggling with our emotions, if we would just ask for help, it would just be so much better for us. It is the path to flourishing when we ask for help. Yeah, that's for sure. To that point, Croner, I think I don't have a specific moment in my life where I actually decided to start using help as a tool. But I do remember the quote that impacted my life so well. And I know which quote it is. Oh, you do? Already. Yeah. Tell me what it is. Yeah. You say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Ooh, that's good. nice. Somebody tweet that. Right? You got <laughs> to have help, right? You yeah. got to have help. But that's that's how I decided to start viewing things, and I, it clicked. It just clicked, and I and when I can't do something, or I I, I asked for help a lot, actually, mm -hmm. don't I? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he, he asked me all the time. So. <laughs> yeah. So, babe. <laughs> yeah, that's me asking for help. You're just fulfilling God's call on your life by doing that, brother. Amen. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. That quote just made me think. Um, when you say you want to go fast, I think about the hamster spinning in the wheel, you know, and they never really get anywhere, but they're going, 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 going. I think like maybe sometimes when we think that asking for help will impede us or make us go slower. I bet you were flying down the aisles probably like going super fast, but you weren't really advancing anywhere um and if like asking for help maybe sometimes would feel like it's going to slow us down or impede us but in reality if you i mean this is like kind of a silly example but I, i'm sure it applies to life as well if you had just gone up to the employee and asked where are the marshmallows you really could have been out of there in, in 10 minutes and then advancing with your life onto more productive things but let me ask this though why would god wire it this way yeah i mean it's a great question right like if god created man with this inherent need for help why would he do that I think the answer is so that he would get all the glory hmm. so that when we are weak and when we realize our desperate need for help, we would be compelled to render all honor and glory and praise to the one who doesn't need any help, the Lord himself. 
there is great strength to be found in Christ when we finally realize that we were never created to carry all the burdens of the world on our own. We were created to work and to watch over. We were created to get off the couch, to love our wives, to love our children, and to facilitate a flourishing home. We were created to ask for help, for in our dependence, we realize all the more how great and glorious our God truly is. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making Him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministry's mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ.